Because Devin is gone. She had surgery last week and she's recovering. So the show must go on. And that's why we have Amber. Y'all might remember her from the Sex Magic episode. She is taking Devin's spot for this week. But let's all wish Devin well so that she can come back next week. Yay! Alright, so now that we've gotten that out the way. What is today's topic? We are talking about beauty standards. Our bodies beautiful. Yes. All of our bodies are beautiful. So, what is attraction? So, attraction is our attractiveness is a quality that causes an interest, desire in, or gravitation to something or someone. Right. So then sexual desire, which has to do with attractiveness, is a motivational state and an interest in sexual objects or activities, or as a wish or drive to seek out sexual objects or to engage in sexual activities. So as you can imagine, attractiveness and desire go hand in hand. Right? And what we see contributes to that, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I don't really care about looks. That may be, that, that is true for some people, but for a lot of people, mm. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just feel like <laughs> if you approach somebody, like, attractiveness had to come in there, like, first. Like, something about them, like, caught your attention. And I don't know. I just feel like when people say that, like, you don't want to, you're trying to say that so you don't sound shallow, but it's But you okay. know what? I think it's like, okay, like, maybe you meet someone and you're like eh, I don't really I would never date them but like y'all just happen to have a conversation okay. and so then y'all start off as friends but then like the more you get to know the person you're like oh I actually like you like but they start to get cuter though usually oh, yeah, that's happened to me before where I was like I met this person and I didn't find them attractive but we had no choice but to talk I think it was like some it's like some sort of like classroom setting and they actually turned out to be like funny and like cool people so then we became friends and then the more and more I realized that like our personalities matched and the cuter they got and I, they weren't cute at first but now they're kind of cute in an ugly kind of way and I like mm-hmm. and I was like I want that so it wasn't the looks but the, I don't know I think people some people's personalities really change the way they look yeah I believe it <laughs> it's like when you first meet them they look one way and then once you start talking to them and see how like they think and how they talk and act it's like hmm they start to change and some of those changes may not always be good like they start looking real ugly mm-hmm. yeah it goes both ways okay I have met some ugly people that turn cute and some cute people that turn ugly mm-hmm. yeah but anyway so but for the most part, most of us can all agree that physical appearance matters in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. right? But these ideas of who is beautiful, who is attractive in this society comes from white people, let's be the honest. The whites. The whites. The whites. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, everybody, if you just heard a man laugh, that is 
the person who edits all of our episodes. So he's in the background in every episode. For some reason, today he wanted to be known. <laughs> so everybody say hey to Jerome. <laughs> hey, Jerome. <laughs> all right. So as we know, Western society, American society, has not existed without racism. Okay, when they came over here on them boats, okay, they came with some slaves. All right, and then they were treating the Native Americans like shit. Like racism is embedded in our society, so it's embedded in everything that we do, including who we decide is beautiful, who we decide is attractive, who we desire. Right? Who is marriageable? Who is dateable? All of that is impacted by the, our history of racism. So, me and Amber are two black women. Okay. So what is it like to grow up as a black woman? Hard as fuck. With these white ass beauty standards. Mm. We will tell you. Colorism. You know what? Let's not even go to colorism because it is really complicated. Let we're gonna go back to that. Okay. Let you know what both of these is really complicated, but I just feel like colorism. Just it just ooh, it's light. So let's 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 talk about hair first. All right, and then let's let's get started. Hair, black people and hair, black women and hair. It's like a relationship that like really should not matter. Like India Ari said, I am not my hair, and I was like, you are right, sis. I'm so much more than that. I have so much to, uh, more to offer, and yet. I don't really play about my hair. Okay, so there are so many like growing up. So growing up, um, when we were growing up, everybody had relaxed hair. Yeah, I didn't really have a choice. I got my first waxer when I was two and a half. I had the pictures to prove it. I was a little upset because you know, as a child, my my you know naive ass thought my natural hair was straight and no I have I have really tight curls so imagine that finding out that you getting relaxers and it's just mm-hmm. nah no, so I, didn't, I, got, I got my first relaxer I think mm, I think I might have been in the first or second grade so mm-hmm. I would have given first second grade like seven six Somewhere. yeah still pretty young um my sister got her first relaxer. I think she was in like third grade, so like eight or nine. I mean, it's elementary school. Like, you learn early on that like hair is pretty important. Hair is important, and it's supposed to be straight, to be manageable, to be acceptable. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. Like manageable. That's yeah. That's ex- and that's exactly why my mama. You know, you gave me a relax, and she said, like, "Oh, I couldn't manage your hair. I didn't know how to do your hair." Apparently, my hair was just really thick, and you know, she had to slap a perm on it. She'd be like, "No, I wasn't alright. <laughs> shit burned. My full scalp." Yes. You, know, you know, they say when it burns, I mean, it was working. <sighs> the chemicals we put in our hair to look like white people. I mean, let's be honest. That's what they were for, right? Mm-hmm. They started off with, you know, you think about like what were they used to call them back in the days, cops or whatever. That's what they would call them when black people would get perm or relaxed. It was called a conk, and it was literally putting lye on your head to straighten your hair. 
okay? Men used to do it too. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you ever read the autobiography of Malcolm X, he talks about the first time he got a con. Because mm-hmm. he was big pimping, pimping, okay? Yeah, like Malcolm she- X, before, you know, before he became Malcolm X, when he was just Malcolm Little and he was out there being a whole ass criminal, he was wearing them colorful suits with the slick back hair, like a real mm-hmm. pimp. A pimp named <laughs> Slick Back. Okay, and we all know that he had red hair. Uh, unfortunately, due to the fact that his ancestors were raped by slave masters, so he had red hair. But um, yeah, so he was, you know, a very fine man. And that cock was important back in those days for men, women, everybody. Because you wanted to have what was beautiful. And all those stuff goes back to status, too. Yes, that too. Because then it also looked like you had money, you could take care of yourself. You know, they say when you look good, you feel good. So mm-hmm. you walk around like big money, like you shit good, you know, shit together. But yeah, so hair, te- yes, hair texture. Black people hair is not manageable. That's always, and, that, and that's just not true. So now the natural movement is happening. Woo Yes, everyone's going natural. Okay. Shout out to the lock gang. Yes, me and Amber lock, locked up. Yes, my uh, my three-year lock anniversary is coming up on March 22nd. So, you know. My one year lock anniversary was December 14th. So. That's all right. You've come a long way now. Yes. Woo, Jesus. If you are interested in getting a hair lock, talk to one of us. Yes, I'll point you in the right direction. Yes. My lactician, Miss Candace, she does a great job. I go to Eye Candy Salon out in the uh, Mall St. Uh, Matthews area. You know, get at me if you want her info. Before I was locked, though. Uh, was natural. I just had my my puff. Yes, puff. my puffs. I miss my puffs. My nickname is Muffin. They call me Muff with the puffs. <laughs> That's cute. But uh, yes, yeah, so I was natural since 2015, and then got my little hair locked in 2019. So four years of just having the puffs. One year of having the locks. Okay. I think we're around the same time frame for the for the going natural. Yeah. So I did not do the big shot. Okay, I was ready to go natural. I was ready to join the movement, but I just couldn't be bothered. Okay, something about hey, that short hair life is fun. I miss my short hair. I had really boy short, like oh, it was so cute. But that's also the thing too is like I had this fear that I was gonna be like unattractive. Man, whatever. I was like, whatever. I'm gonna look like a boy. So you better look like a little boy right in short hair. <laughs> and I just don't know about. I don't know if I have the hair for it because I know what my hair texture is going to be like and I was like I don't want to be looking all nappy which is uh, I hate that word I think, and I think for a lot of uh, women like their biggest fear is they don't want to like cut their hair because they don't know if they have the, the head shape or the face for it and when I was in uh, school I would have you know other people come up to me all the time be like oh I want to cut my hair like I love yours and I'm thinking or well actually I ended up telling them like anybody can rock a short hairstyle it's just you have to find the cut uh, and the style that's gonna like help like frame your face and like shape your face really well, you know, it's just all about you know getting that right those right angles, but you know, people's insecurities and whatnot. But yeah, so so natural is a thing, right? If you're not locked, you have a fro, you have a fade, have you know, even if you're still straight, even if you're straightening your hair, you're not relaxing it, mm-hmm. right? Most of us are not getting relaxers anymore. There's this woke movement is very beautiful. I'm so excited. Love black people. Yes. But now it just seems like we just can't get away from white people <laughs> because now there's this 
who has good hair. Like, oh, 4C hair is not good hair. So for those of you who don't know what 4C is, it's the tightest curl pattern out of all the curl patterns. You know, people want 3C or 2C or 2A or 2B or something. 3B. People want that, like, loose curl. Like, there was some Puerto Rican in my family or something. Like, like, but people who have 4C is like, oh, that's that's not good natural hair. Like, whatever. Healthy hair is good hair. I remember someone saying, like, not everybody can go natural. And I was very confused because... How is it that someone can't wear the hair that naturally grows out of their head? Yeah, that makes no sense. It don't make no sense. If that was not the hair meant for you, it wouldn't have grown out of your scalp. (laughs) But that just goes to show how deeply rooted these ideas of whiteness and close proximity to whiteness is to beauty. And the relationship black people have with their hair mixed in with this white assimilation bullshit has us calling each other's hair nappy and saying that people can't grow their natural hair the way that it naturally grows outside of their head. It just doesn't make any sense. So, hair, complicated. Okay, and growing up, it was complicated, okay? It's still still complicated. Right, as grown women, it's still complicated, okay? I have a love-hate relationship with my locks sometimes. Mm -hmm. Some days I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. Most days I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. But some days I'm like, oh no, it's not growing. And I want it to be long. And I need it. I wish I could just come it out. Like, it's ridiculous. I be getting mad when I'm trying to like do my space blends and my locks ain't acting right or they're not like twisting like the way I need them to twist. So I'm trying to like shape a little, little bun. It's like, yes. why are y'all not acting right? And then my arms get so tired because they've been up for so long. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take a break real quick. And it's like, I need y'all yes. to, to get right because I'm trying to be cute out here. Yes. So, yeah. So, white people have ruined hair for us. But, <laughs> like, they do most things. Um, <laughs> and, oh my gosh, if you're white and you're listening to this, like, realize that I'm saying, like, capital W, capital B. So, like, systems. Not, like, LaBecky next door. Like, she's cool. <laughs> talking about like white people as like the hegemon of society you don't know what a hegemon is look it up worth the google but yes so hair complicated okay let's get we're gonna have to get into this colorism topic and I know colorism is really, could really be its own episode because it is so deeply rooted you can always circle back around later that's true but colorism is so deeply rooted into communities of color across the globe like and that's because white people in imperialism and colonialism like y'all just love to come and literally take over everything that literally everybody who's not white has been influenced by white people (laughs) and white beauty standards and what it means to be beautiful and our skin ain't white I couldn't do it (laughs) And because and and that's a problem and that's creating colorism. Like, damn, y'all already gave us racism, but now y'all gave us this too. So, <laughs> so colorism. But specifically, let's talk about African American community because 
that's where we are. Yeah. Right? Like we know that this it's also happens in Asian communities, Hispanic communities, on the continent of Africa. But for this, for us, what we know is the African American community. And black people have had to deal with colorism for the long it started in slavery. Much like everything else that has to do with black people's relationship with this country. And you know, light skinned people were in the house, dark skinned people worked in the field, light skinned people gotta have more benefits. Cause being in the house meant you had to wear you had to have better clothes because you were entertaining guests. Uh you had more interaction with the family. Uh so you were able to be exposed to more things like books, like newspapers, like music. Uh, you potentially got to eat better because you were in the kitchen. So you could, sometimes, you know, <laughs> as slave masters were nice. And you can see I put, I put this in quotations because ain't no such thing as a nice person that owns other people. But, <laughs> but you know, they may offer you like better water, better food. Um, you may be able to sneak some shit if you're cooking it. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and that those, usually the slaves that benefited from that were lighter toned. Most of the time that also had to do with the fact that you were the master or mistress's children. <laughs> but that's a whole nother conversation. Um, Again, you can circle all the way back around. <laughs> but yes, and darker skinned slaves were out in the field with the overseer who hated every motherfucking body. Um, <laughs> Probably including themselves. Um, you were doing hard manual labor in the sun from the time you woke up to the time you went to bed. Um, you did not have nicer clothes because you were going to get some dirty. Uh, Probably and, didn't have the, the right, I guess, uh, exposure to like medicine and resources because, you know, you in the field, you doing all that hard labor. Like, not only are your like hands getting fucked up, but your feet are getting fucked up as well. And mm-hmm. then just on top of that, when you ain't picking that cotton fast enough or you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing fast enough you start getting whipped and it's like how y'all expect me to do my work yeah. and y'all whipping me and now with that like I'm out here bleeding so now we gotta deal with that so how how is it that you know we're in the you know never mind cause I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start going on the table and stop myself <laughs> let me stop right there's so many things I'm <laughs> but yeah so you can imagine how if I'm working in the field how much this is not let's be honest we're both slaves at the end of the day (laughs) right we both getting shit on at the end of the day (laughs) but there is this but black people knew what they were doing you created a division between people because if I'm a a field nigga looking at your uppity light skin ass in that kitchen with some fans and some some, hot bread and some bread and some water some sweet (laughs) rolls Ooh. Oh, you uppity nigga. <laughs> There's gonna be beef. <laughs> There's gonna be beef. Okay? And that shit doesn't go away. So after 1865, it's just been embedded. <laughs> that's the end of slavery, 1865, right? Woo! Okay, that's the black codes, Jim Crow, and all that shit is happening though. So everything's fucking segregated. So, you know, we got things like HBCUs have to come up. Because you can't go to the white schools. Okay, black sororities and fraternities are created. Shout out to the Divine Nine. Um, you know, we're both members of Zeta. Z fine. But um, yeah, so all of this stuff is popping up. Uh, for black people, and that creates a black bourgeoisie. 
So the black bourgeoisie was an elite group of African American people. They were highly educated. They were getting, they were becoming, they were becoming career-driven people. They were light-skinned predominantly. Okay, why? Because these schools had brown paper bag tests, they had comb tests, they had brown door tests. Okay, if you was darker than the door, you can't go to this church. If you was darker than this brown paper bag, you can't go to Howard. Yeah, we did a social experiment like yes. that in college. It was it was actually dope. BSU uh, put it on. Uh, like you said, hold up a paper bag. If you are lighter than the uh, paper bag, go on one side of the room. If you're darker, go on the other side of the room. Yes. And that's what the top was on colorism. Yes. Greek, you know, the black Greeks are throwing parties. If your date, like let's say you're an alpha and you bring in your date, she's this beautiful dark-skinned woman with 4C hair. If that comb at the door doesn't go through her hair, she can't come in. Okay. okay? So, because we do know that 4C is oftentimes related to darker-skinned people because light-skinned people are usually light-skinned because they have some sort of mixed race, especially back in this day. Right? We know now that black people are not all shades. But <laughs> no matter whether they're fully black or not. Um, but yeah. And so this I, that's where the idea of colorism is still exists today. We see in other countries there are so many like skin bleaching creams. You see people who have bleached their skin like Sammy Sosa. That man looks like the ghost of Christmas regret. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that man is whiter than white. Man, man they shouted him out on Atlanta. They shouted that. They shouted that part out in Atlanta. Y'all, if y'all haven't seen that episode, y'all need to watch it. Like I don't remember which episode it was, but I know it was. It was. It was. It was crazy. Y'all need to watch it. But all of this comes from light-skinned people have a closer proximity to whiteness. And therefore, are considered to be more beautiful. Even today, when we think about first person that comes to your mind, who's a beautiful black woman? First person that comes to my mind is Rihanna. Who she's brown skin, right? Brown skin. She's brown. She's not light skin or dark skin. She's somewhere in the middle. But she's but like when you tell me think of a famous dark skin woman who is beautiful. The, the unfortunate reality is that it's, I can think of one, but it's gonna take me a minute. But if Michelle Obama uh, was the first person that came to mind for me. Yeah, okay, me too. And then Angela Bassett. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sis is gorgeous. Yes. But if you ask me to do this for light-skinned black women, I can name a whole bunch off the top of my head, like, right away. Mm-hmm. Like, Holly Berry, uh, Janae Aiko, these racially women. Kaylani. <laughs> um, uh, Zoe Zaldana, uh, Christina Milian. Um, Beyonce, like, <laughs> like we just do, 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 the names are gonna just gonna Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, like we're just, the names are just gonna start to spill out of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's the unfortunate reality is that they do become the face of what it means to be black and be beautiful, mm-hmm. and they're light skin. So what do the ones of us who are not light skin do? <laughs> uh, and Okay, I pulled up a study, it's from 2003, and it talked about how 55% of light-skinned women are married compared to 23% of dark-skinned women. Like, this is not just, like, a social media thing, a pop culture thing, a, like, individual, like, me and you having a light-skinned versus dark-skinned debate. These are the verified facts. facts. Like, these, like, statistically impacts people. 
Like, it talks about black men who are darker skinned get longer prison sentences. Mm. They're seen as more of a threat if they're darker skinned. Like, these really impact people's lives. Like, when we talk about, we like colorism, is like, oh, it's just another ism to throw on top of all the other ones we already have. No. The unfortunate reality is that it genuinely impacts our lives. Like, we may not see it, but the numbers are there, and they prove that dark-skinned people are treated differently and worse than light-skinned people. So there's that. I mean, that just is what it is. And, you know, I don't want to go into all the things about employment and prison sentences and psychology. Again, because that's not what this is. Again, there could be <laughs> a whole other episode. Right. This is intimate spaces, okay? We're talking about dating. We're talking about sex. And, the, and what we're talking about is the fact that Dark-skinned women are the considered to be the least desirable woman out of among all races. Asian men, black men, white men, Hispanic men have all ranked dark-skinned black women as the least desirable woman. And that is the unfortunate reality that we live in. And how does that impact the way we date, the way we have sex? We're gonna tell you when we come back after you hear from us. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Malisha Griffin from Intimate Spaces Beyond the Blog. But you knew that already because you're listening to it. But what you didn't know is that I am also a published poet. If you go to Amazon.com right now, you can check out both my collections of poetry. The first one is The Second Decade, Tales of an Adult-Like Woman. And the second one is Where is the Yellow Butterfly? So be sure to go and check them out. Bye! And we're back. What's up? I had to pull Devin, you know, because she's not here. So. <laughs> Good job. But, so, we've been talking about colorism, hair texture, racism as it relates to beauty, and how this impacts dating and sex for black people. And so, of course, we have to talk about interracial dating. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, beauty standards come into play when you're talking about two black people, especially when you talk about colorism and things like that. But it really, really matters when you're talking about interracial dating. Yes. So, like, when I've dated interracially before, not very often. But I went on a date one time. Okay. I highly doubt he's listening to this podcast. <laughs> Spin <So>, it. <laughs> I went on a date. It was my, ooh, senior year at UofL maybe this I was walking down 3rd street and I was about to cross to go to the library and a man he was a white man with a man bun he was I mean he was alright looking he stopped me before I crossed the street to ask me where Starbucks was and I was like the closest one I'm pretty sure is the Kroger on Central Station he was like, thank you. And he was like, you're very beautiful. I was like, thank you. I like attention. I'm an attention whore. But <laughs> I was like, thank you so much. And he was like, I would love to get your number. And I was like, wow, okay. This has never happened to me. <laughs> so I gave him my number. And he texted me. And we set up for a date like four days after that. 
We went to Senor Iguana's. I love tacos. And <laughs> so he picked me up. We went there. The first thing that was weird was that, like, usually if it's like a first date, you all sit across from each other. He legitimately sat next to me in the booth. It was like no one was across from us because you're right here. <laughs> so we were very close. And I was like, maybe he's just an affectionate person. Okay. So I tried to let it go. I thought it was kind of weird. Then he kept mentioning, like, I love how chocolate your skin is. Like, he mentioned it probably, like, seven times. Oh, my gosh. In a 30-minute period. I would have been like, can and, you shut up? And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Like, it was, like, weird. But, <laughs> and then, so something about, like, he loves ebony women. <laughs> I bet his porn searches none, but every woman suffers a white submissive with big fat booty cheeks. Damn. <laughs> but yes. Um so super, super, super like obsessed with my skin. Uh and That's my lips. Weird. Which I don't even have like stereotypical black lips, so I thought that was weird. Um, it's really unfortunate. My top lip is like non-existent. First of all, you have more lip than a few um, of our white counterparts. <laughs> well, only a few though, because some of y'all have bigger lips than me. But, uh, <laughs> no, but anyway, back to the story. So, you know, he, he did some other weird stuff that had nothing to do with race. Like, he told me that there was a warm string of, that was warm with feelings and sexual tension between us, which I thought, like, that was weird as shit. Like, where did the string come from? Like, I don't know. Anyway. But. Hell <laughs> no. It, it was, it was an overall weird day. Then he said some racist shit. What'd he say? So then, so then, he asked me what my degree was in. I told him I was getting two degrees. One in social work, which, self-explanatory. One in Pan-African studies, which for people who don't know, like a Pan-Africanist is someone who thinks about African people across the diaspora. So that's African people all over the world, not just African-Americans, like people on the African continent. So, right, you think about Jamaicans, you think about Afro-Hispanics, things like Afro-Latinos, Afro-Latinx folks, whatever you want to call them. But, um, yes, I told him that. He was just like, have you ever been to Nigeria? So I was like, what? No. But <laughs> he was like, well, Nigerians are nothing but con artists and liars. Whoa. And I was like, you cannot say that about an entire group of people. And I was like, and... What if I was going to say, no, I've never been to Nigeria, but I'm Nigerian. My family's Nigerian. Like, what if I was going to say that? Because I'm black, bitch. <laughs> so, yeah, it was to the point that, like, he really kind of went on and on about, like, there are just certain African countries you can't go to because the people are so bad. And I got on the tarp and went home. So I... And he, I came in his car and left on the public transportation. Uh, hey, I get <laughs> it. I did not want to be with this man anymore. I get it. And ever since then, I've been like, I don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about white people. I don't know about interracial dating. I haven't really dated outside my race at this point. It's just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, yeah, they don't talk about that right but you know, just I can't get with it. It I'm, just started to become less attractive. Like, when I was younger, like, I thought white boys were cute. And then, you know, I really thought for only, like, a minute, like, I liked white boys. And then my auntie was like, no, you just haven't found any any um, white boys that you found cute yet. And I'm like, okay. So, eventually, you know, saw so this brown skin, 
little boy and i was like oh he's cute and then next thing you know start falling in love and i was like yes yes and then you know just didn't give white boys a thought after that and it's just like still to this day like eh. and i have met attractive white people and that's not to say that like white people are like inherently bad or they're undeserving of love i just there are the stereotypes exist and when you're in a race when you're trying to date interracially you have to get over those stereotypes and we all give in the stereotypes mm-hmm. about the type like we have stereotypes around white women and submission around asian women and being submissive around black women being like too independent too masculine you know black gotta do black men being very like hyper sexually aggressive or asian men being like my complete opposite of that <laughs> <laughs> like it all we, we have all these thoughts and so when you go into an interracial like situation, you have to like overcome those. Yeah. And then and I'm like and for black people specifically, you know, going back to this date I have with this white man, like it is a real fear of like, are you going to be a racist? <laughs> because a lot of white people don't even realize the microaggressions that they do on a daily basis. Right, like, no, you cannot touch my hair on the first date and ask me if it's a weave. <laughs> that is racist. Like, and it's like, do you really have to sit there and think, like, do I want to constantly, every single day, educate you on what it is to be a black person? Hell, to educate no. you on, well, why I wear this scarf on my head and so that you don't call me so that you don't say wow you look like a slave <gasps> that's not funny it's really not it's not i don't find that funny slavery like really happened to people who look like me and i'm wearing a scarf to protect my fucking hair you bitch but <laughs> <laughs> like i don't but like i don't want to have like and now there's all this tension in our relationship because are you a racist like i don't want to have to explain like when we go to Thanksgiving and my family makes chitlins, I don't eat chitlins. They're fucking gross, okay? But people in my family do. And a lot of black families eat chitlins because that's what the fuck they got during slavery. And unfortunately, we just ain't got rid of the shit. So when you come and you like, it smells like ass and I can't believe you guys are eating this and da 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 da. Why are you disrespecting people when you don't know the historical context? Are you a racist? You bitch. Like, I don't want to do this all the time. It's just mentally draining to have to constantly, like, tell somebody, like, I do this because, or we are the way we are because of X, Y, and Z that happened in the past. Like, things have been passed down. And it's like, we don't want to keep having to, like, repeat ourselves and teach you, like, you know, you should be able to teach yourself. You don't like the smell of my lotion. This isn't lotion. This is cocoa butter. Like, are you a racist, you bitch? Nothing to say. You asked me why the soap looked like this. It's not regular uh, um, liquid soap with the axe that y'all be using. This is this is black soap, honey. Yes. This is what's getting the skin together. This is what's giving my uh, my skin that moisture. But you know, you go to church with me, like for people, those of us who still go to church, and somebody catch the Holy Ghost. Are you gonna lose it? This ain't this ain't mass. Are you gonna get up and like walk out? <laughs> like this is not mass. We're not standing up and sitting down and standing up and sitting down. Oh, this is not that. 
Like, so you can't be scared. Have a fit and be scared. Like, are you a racist, you bitch? Like, damn. <laughs> I don't want to have to have these conversations. There are plenty of people in interracial relationships, though, who are willing to do that. But, and, and, and you know what? Maybe the truth, maybe it is that I have not met the white man that I'm, or woman that I'm supposed to fall in love with and, and feel like it's okay for me. I'm gonna, it's gonna be worth me educating somebody for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay, because other, you know, other people are in interracial relationships, they work out, they're extremely happy. I have a friend who is married to a white man. She's been married to a white man for years now. She absolutely loves him. He's great. And I'm sure she has to do some education. I'm sure she does, especially when you start adding in like families, like because he may be as woke as woke can be. But family, but his his grandmama, we don't know. Okay, because she was, you know, she may have been a Bernie Sanders, you know, getting arrested with MLK, or she may have been the one that caught the Freedom Bus on fire. We don't know. (laughs) So you know, but she she feels like it's worth it, and I'm like. Either I'm just not cut out, for, I'm from the same cloth, and I'm not supposed to be with a white person, or I ain't found the white person that makes me think that it's worth doing all that. But, <laughs> but that is a real thing, and I don't blame black people for that. Nope. I don't blame Hispanic people for that. I don't blame Asian people for that. Okay, we, we are all culturally very different. Okay, and our cultures are, you know, I can't speak for Asian and Hispanic people. I imagine that they have similar situations going on, but. Our cultures are marginalized in this society, and so we we don't want to be our love lives to be like a damn another reminder that we are not mainstream. Like you said, decolonize our <laughs> sex lives. Right, I, I already trying to decolonize my sex life. Yeah. I gotta decolonize my love life too with the colonizing. No, thank you. No, thank you. So that's why I have I have certain rules about white people now. I'm not completely against dating white people, okay? I'm on Tinder, okay? I'll be swiping right on some of y'all. <laughs> some of y'all be fine. Okay? One of y'all popped up the other day, and I was like, sheesh, God almighty. Took his time with you, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> all right? And if any of you look like Duke from Haven, holla at your guava. That man is fine. You want to shave him? Mm-mm. But he sounds like a mic. Yes, that man is fine. And when his eyes turn silver when he do his little uh, special thing thing, I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, anyway, not the point. The point is, I have certain rules, okay? Like, I, look, somewhere on your Facebook, I need to see Black Lives Matter before I even, look. Okay. We need to know that you're down for the call. <laughs> okay? And, and, and it can't be performative, Okay. No, we need to know that if some shit go down, you going down with us. Right. You coming to the protest? You trying to fuck some shit up? All right. You, you trying to make a statement? Okay. <laughs> you gonna run away with us? We don't need allies. We need accomplices. Okay, I'm trying to figure that out. Okay, there are rules. What is your parents like? Because if your parents are racist... This ain't gonna work. It's not gonna work. If your grandparents... This if you're very work. close to your grandparents and they are also racist, and they're racist, it's not gonna work. If your great uncle is racist who you don't see except for on Thanksgiving and Christmas, I might can deal with it. No, it's still not gonna work. <laughs> I might, I might can deal with it. If you gotta be ready though, because if I'm gonna start coming to Thanksgiving and Christmas and he's gonna have something to say, I need to know that I don't have to step in and say anything. Yeah. Because you're gonna handle it. And if you don't handle it, then you will bitch and don't deserve to be with you. Are you a racist, you bitch? <laughs> How did you why did you let him say that? Because <laughs> you a little bitch. So 
like I said, but if your parents are racist, and I can't do it because that's somebody, that's people you see on a regular basis. And if we get married and have children, that's gonna be our children's grand grandparents, and I can't do it. My kids gonna be black, <laughs> so it's not gonna work. If your grandparents are racist, it's not gonna work. If your siblings are racist, it's not gonna work. Okay, so that you know, I just have certain expectations about interracial dating. And I also don't fetishize. That's the other thing. So fetishism. Okay, because this is a sex show. We got to talk about it. There's nothing wrong with fetishes. Let's start there. Okay. Okay. We just did the BDSM and kink episode last week. All right. So BDSM, kink, fetishes, those are fine. You're not trying to yuck anybody's yums out there. Yes, we're not trying to yuck anyone's yums. All right. And if someone is okay with being fetishized, I, I personally can't, I can't say anything about that. What I will say, though, is that don't come up in the mix like you're giving someone a compliment by sexualizing my race. Because that just seems like some weird, like, racist shit. <laughs> like, don't get, I'm like, maybe maybe there's like, there are, there are black people out there who like that and, and, and want that. And, okay, it that's goes a, back to the whole forbidden fruit thing. Like you yes. can't have it, but you want it, and you'll yes. do. That's a conversation that y'all need to have beforehand. Don't come at me on the first date seven times in thirty minutes telling me how much you love chocolate skin. You're fetishizing my race. I don't know you. In my mind, you're a racist because slave masters and mistresses, okay, was getting black dick and pussy all the time, and still thought they were better than black people. Still, only treated them as property. So you telling me that it's not a compliment, don't like, I'm not your hot and tight Venus. <laughs> like, this is not happening. For those of you who don't know who the hot and tight Venus is, look her up, her name's Sarah Bartman. Okay. Yes. But no, and it's the same thing with body shape. Like, lips and butt, and like, oh, you're thick, or oh, you're a BBW, like a beautiful black woman. You like, just reminded me of something. And I'm just like, no. Unacceptable. Stop fantasizing me. Unacceptable. <laughs> I use that name way too much. <laughs> 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 All of this is unacceptable. Okay. Um, but now, that's another thing that you gotta worry about though. Because the, the history has shown that white people will look at especially black women with this like awe and like sexual desire and at the same time be disgusted with us like mm, make it make sense and i don't want that i don't that's that's what it feels like being fetishized like oh i'm so intrigued by you but at the same time it disgusts me at the same time it yeah i don't want that i don't want that like, and that's not me saying that, like, every single time a white person is attracted to a black person or wants to have sex with a black person, that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, white people, sometimes just, you find somebody attractive, you find somebody attractive. Like, if you want to have sex with them, y'all should fuck. But, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, like I said, fetishism, fetishizing identities, that's just weird. You know, that's any identity, too. Like, not even just race, but, like, fetishizing bisexual people like as a bisexual woman that freaks me out but but yeah so 
like I said, Western society has really screwed us up as far as dating goes. I mean, we've been going on and on for days. I mean, we're talking about black women, but we ain't even talking. I ain't even really breached black men being fetishized because apparently they're supposed to have very large penises. Supposed to be able to have sex for hours. Like, <laughs> like we can literally talk about this all day long. But I guess the lesson from all of this is we gotta dismantle white beauty standards. Okay? We gotta do it somehow. And a part of that is just, I mean, we're, we're doing it now. We're embracing our natural hair. Um, you know, we're, we need to start increasing the amount of dark-skinned women we see on television, yeah. the amount of dark-skinned women that we praise, the amount of dark-skinned people that we praise in general, okay? And we need to just be dismantling stereotypes. Yeah. Like we need to hold each other accountable and, and stop tearing each other down. Like, it's too, it's too many of us out here trying to be great. We could all be great, but everybody's worried about being better. And to the white people, you know, who want to participate, it's really not your place to tell us how we should interact and fix our own issues we got in our community, like around colorism and hair texture. And Especially since y'all the ones who are responsible for it in the first place. <laughs> but what you can do is educate yourself and educate your white brethren and sistren. Please. Because I'm getting tired of people coming up to me and asking me, oh my gosh, your hair is so cool. Can I touch you? I remember I had to like duck and dodge uh, Becky. Like she literally came up to me and like I hit her with the husband like, yo, what are you doing? And she was like, oh my bad. Like she knew, like she pulled her hand back like, yeah, you knew better. You knew better. And then this one time I was uh, hosting this this white guy was like, I had my hair out of fro. I had, I had it blown out because I was about to get my hair done. Um, he came up to me. He was like, oh my gosh, your hair is so cool. Can I touch it? I'm like, are, are you are, are you serious right now? We are not animals. Yeah, I was like, don't fucking pet me. <laughs> like, no, animals. no way. No, no but way. Yes. So yes, we all have a responsibility to do our part. I know we act like these standards don't matter, but, but they, do. they do. They do. It seems shallow, but everyone wants to find somebody. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be alone. Everyone wants to feel beautiful. Everyone wants to feel important. Okay, so we should stop. But let's not minimize it, right? Like, no, okay, it's not Black Lives Matter. Let's stop police brutality. But it is important. And it's something that we can all contribute to. We can do more than one thing at a time. And this is just another thing. So let's do it. And that is all we have for this week's episode. So thanks for hanging out with us. Are we, are we gonna do the bye? I know that you ain't never did it before. But yeah, I'll do it with y'all. Right, with you. On the count of three. Okay, okay. One, two, three. Bye. bye.